Well, it's good to be here again. It's good to be in the presence of God. You know, I, I don't know about y'all, but I got something out of this morning. Y'all, I don't know, y'all seem kind of tired and wore out. Maybe it was a little too much for you. We may have to kind of ease into it, maybe. I don't know. But I got something out of it, and I feel like rejoicing tonight. I feel like, you know, I, I, I could probably just stand here for the next half hour and just praise God and not even hear a message. But nevertheless, we're going to hear one anyway, and I sure am looking forward to it. I hope y'all came expecting to hear something wonderful. You know, how many of y'all go to church and you just go because you think, well, it's time to go to church? And you think, well, in a few hours I'm going to be back home. And You don't really go expecting to receive something from God. I've been in that little rut before. And I tell you what, when you're not in that kind of rut and you, you go with the anticipation of expecting to see God move, expecting to hear from God directly, Man, you get so much more out of the message. You get, you just, you feel like it's it's for you because you're expecting to see something happen. You see, God is not going to move in your life unless you want Him to. He's not going to pour something on you that you don't want no part of. So when you come looking and like He said this morning, hungering and thirsting for it. Man, you're going to feel something totally different in a church service. It ain't just going to be a church service anymore. It's going to be a communication between you and God. So without further ado, Brother Carol, come on and share with us what God laid on your heart. I was enjoying listening to you go. But I guess if we're going to let these good people go home anytime this evening, I'll go ahead and share what it is. I believe the Lord... Uh, would have me to share this evening. I want you to know how much I appreciate y'all hanging with me this morning. I know that perhaps I might have violated somebody's sense of sensibilities by going on a little bit longer, but uh, I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> I am so glad to be here. Are you, are you glad to be here? Amen. I'm glad I drove all the way from Hope, Arkansas. And if you don't know where that is, you just get up here and turn that way, and then you get to the end and you turn that way, and you get to Treasure Cannon and you turn that way, and y'all come see me. And uh, it's not but about four hours. That's all. Just a, just a short little trip amongst friends. And so uh, over the next little while, not long, I just have a few short little verses I want to share with you. Can y'all hold on with me for just a few short little verses? I, uh, I just about wore myself out this morning. I had preached and hollered at myself for about two solid hours before y'all ever even got here this morning. And I, about 10 o'clock rolled around, I said, oh, I'm tired already. And uh, anyhow, I want you please, I'm going to see where I want to start. Sometimes I have to decide. Romans chapter 14 is where I want to start. You know, this morning we talked about some of those enticing words of man's wisdom and how Paul didn't come to him with that and and how I, how I told you, it really wasn't, or Paul really wasn't trying to discount the effect of wisdom or the power of wisdom. 
but that our lives really do need something more than just one more dose of information. And I hope that I conveyed that to you this morning. It, uh, I didn't really mean to preach at you quite so much, but I, I really do believe that in these last days, these, this end of time, that we really do need, I really do need, maybe that's what I am, maybe I'm just preaching to myself, maybe what it is is I need a fresh touch from heaven. Maybe that's, maybe that's why I get kind of worked up about it. Maybe I look at my own life and I see my own needs, Sheila. Maybe I just look at myself and I say, you know, I'm really just not uh, sufficient. And I need the Holy Ghost to move in my life. I need the power of God to be available to me. And, uh, and so that's just where I am. And so this evening, I'm, I'm not going to become any more philosophical or theological than I was this morning. And it's not that I really don't have the intellectual capacity to dig deep with you. Uh, not that I'm all that smart, but I've been studying for a long time and I know a few things. But I didn't come to share with you what I know. I came to share with you what I have. And I hope that's okay. Because I know for a fact that most of you in this room have heard lots of lessons. You've most, I know several of you have taught lots of lessons. And perhaps you don't need tonight one more lesson from one more Bible teacher that just came into town to share something with you for a couple of minutes. And so tonight I'm going to do my part to keep the Bible lesson to just a little bit of a minimum so that I can open up an avenue, I believe by the power of God and the anointing of the Holy Ghost, for the Spirit of God to move in your life. And so if you would like that to happen, let's pray together right now before I even begin any more comments. Father, right now we come to you in the name of Jesus, boldly approaching the throne of grace, whereby we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. And we do declare that these are times of need. We have needs of refreshing. We have a need for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in our life. We are hungry and we are thirsty. And so I pray, Father, that tonight you would release the anointing of the Holy Ghost into this house one more time in Jesus' name. I pray that you would give us all eyes to see and ears to hear what the Holy Ghost wants to do in us and for us this very evening. And we will yield ourselves to you in Jesus' name. That is our commitment. We yield to you. I yield to you. And each individual in the house yields to you. We declare that you are Lord and not ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, in Romans chapter 14, I want to read just one verse, which is very unlike me. One verse. It just so happens I have four references tonight. But only one verse here. In Romans chapter 14... Verse 17, we read this. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. And so I'll let you 
uh, go back in, in some time whenever you get around to it and look and see all of what he's dealing with here when he's talking about meat and drink. So I don't want to focus on what the kingdom of God is not. Now that is an important lesson and all of us need to understand it. That Paul here is explaining, you know, in order to know what something is, sometimes you've got to explain what it ain't. Does that make sense to you? To understand what something really is, you've got to sometimes spend a little bit of time saying, well, it ain't this. And so that's what Paul's doing, and I've already spent more time talking about that than I want to. And so what I do want to do is spend a couple of minutes here in this particular verse sharing with you what I believe the kingdom of God is. And you a member of the kingdom? Amen. Huh? You a member? I know you are. Amen. Hallelujah. You're a member of the kingdom. You're a Sunday night crowd. I like preaching to the Sunday night crowd. All right. But what the kingdom of God is, is righteousness. Now, I love to talk about righteousness. Righteousness is, an, is a fascinating topic that I really can't just boil down to about a 30-second definition. But I'm going to give it my best shot anyhow. Righteousness is the, uh, the state of a, of a man, of a woman, of a child that's been washed in the blood of Jesus. And because that blood has made them clean, they have free access into the very presence of that king. And when they leave that presence, they are empowered to live a holy, upright life in the eyes of God and man. You like that definition of righteousness? Whew, I like that. I've been working on that for 15 years. <laughs> All right. That's part of and parcel of what the kingdom of God is. Right standing with God. Now that ought to be enough to trip just about trip anybody's trigger back there. Carol, you got right standing with God right now. You're not, not ever going to have any better standing with the Father than you have right now. Now I've known her for seven or eight years now. And today she has perfect standing with the Father because of what the blood of Jesus has done for her. That means she can boldly approach right now as a daughter of the Most High God and tap into the access, or I'll say it this way, access all the provision of heaven from right here in Houston County. Huh? Now that's a big deal, and it's hard for me not just. I told you it's hard for me not to talk about it just a minute. It's a humongous deal. Righteousness and peace. Now, peace. If you've ever, this is one of those things that's excellent to describe what it's not. You know, I said sometimes you know you got to say what something ain't to know what it is. And so let me tell you what peace it and peace it and turmoil, peace it and conflict, peace it and trouble, peace it and it and brokenheartedness, peace it and pain, peace it and tears, peace it and division, peace it and strife, peace it and confusion. All of those things have nothing to do with the peace of God. What peace is here is talking about how that. We're going to go right back to the blood. Oh, I wish I was preaching about the blood, but I'm not. <laughs> I, I got a hair trigger on the blood of Jesus lately, Kevin. All right, the blood. The Bible says that we have peace with God because of the shed blood of His Son. And so, you know, I appreciate peace in my home. I appreciate 
peace in my marriage. But I understand that that peace can only uh, last, I'll say it that way, it can only last as I acknowledge and walk in peace with my Father. You have peace with God. That means, hallelujah, that Jesus removed the enmity. Go to, uh, don't turn there in your brain. Those of you that know Genesis chapter 3, uh, verse 15, said that Jesus would be the one that would remove the enmity or the hostility between the Father and humanity. Peace with God. And that peace with God enables you to have peace with others. An absence of strife, an absence of division, and a a place of joy, and a place of contentment. And I just use the word contentment. You ever, uh, somebody raise your hand and tell me you know what it means to be content. We got a few people that have tasted contentment. I have been discontent, and it can last longer than a summer. And so when you've tasted discontent for a little while, peace sure is sweet. All right, so the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace. Now this is what I want to focus on here for just a minute. And joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in the Holy Ghost. That must mean that it is the will of God for Him to just pour joy on top of you. It must mean that in His presence is fullness of joy and at His right hand are pleasures forevermore. It must mean that when you tap into that supernatural river that we were trying to talk about a little bit this morning, it must mean then that joy begins to pour into your life. Now I'm saying I know I've got a serious expression on my face. I really can't help it. And I don't mean to be serious about joy. There's something about that seems oxymoronic to me. And I don't really mean to do that. It's just that I'm so tired of seeing serious Christians all the time bogged down in what's taking place in the world, Kevin. I know it stinks, brother. I know these are troubling times. I know all of that. But the kingdom of God ain't about the troubling times. The kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And so what I believe, when we get to, when believers like this get together, that one of the things that we must focus on is about that joy that will see you through a Monday morning. It will see you through those times when some of you, you know, you look at your 401k every day. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Do not raise your hand if you do that. But there's people that look and they measure their success in life by what they believe are going to be the quality of their retirement. Now, I may retire and I may not, but my success in life is never, I pray to God, never going to be based upon what I think is going to be the quality of my retirement. 
What I am depending upon this day is joy in the Holy Ghost. What I'm depending upon this day, give me this day my daily bread. And so y'all can worry about your retirement if you want to. And I understand the necessity of taking care of your business. I'm not saying don't take care of your business. My wife and I are taking care of our business and planning to live another 40 or 50 years. And we're working on it. We understand. It's not just going to happen accidentally. But it's not those sort of natural things that propels me happily towards that goal, Kevin. It is tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Today, understanding that when the Bible says today is the day of salvation, it means that today is the day that I can tap into all that salvation is to me. Not tomorrow. Tomorrow's a wonderful day and I look forward to it. But right now, I need, sometimes I just need a little dose of joy, Kevin. And I'm, I'm tired of being serious. I'm tired of being weighed down. I'm tired of being depressed. I'm tired of seeing sorrowful faces in the house of God. I'm tired of it. I believe the will of God is for Him to loosen your shackles. Hallelujah. Yeah, praise Him. Because quite honestly, He is the only one that can. Huh? I say He's the only one that can. He's the only one. That means He is the, the author and the perfecter. I want you to please... I'm trying to mind my time. But please, just for the sake of humoring me, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Y'all don't mind humoring me for just a minute. I told you I wasn't going to say anything profound, so if you came tonight expecting to hear what I know, I'm sorry. It's ain't, I got nothing profound for you. You have to come back. I'll send you a tape. Got something, so, something profound on it. Where did y'all hide 2 Corinthians in my Bible this afternoon while I was in there praying? 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Oh, look at there. We're going to read verse 17 and 18. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, I want to point out here that it says that it, there is liberty. I would just like to point that out to you. And I know, you know, y'all smart folks. But I want you to see that where the Holy Ghost is, there is liberty. That must mean where the Spirit of God begins to move, He, move, he moves to set you free. It must mean then that when the Holy Ghost starts working in somebody's life, one of the things that He does is He starts breaking away all that old junk. Some of y'all don't know why I'm talking about old junk. So I'll try to explain it this way. Some people got these things that other folks call strongholds in their mind, you see. They got these ways of thinking. And all that kind of stuff just blocks out the move of the Holy Ghost. It just kind of blocks out what God can do. They just, they just got, so I, I call it stinking thinking, but you can call it whatever satisfies your need, 
to, to do. I just want to point out right here that where the Holy Ghost moves, He brings liberty. I'd just like for you to see that. Those of you that have just came in this place tonight, maybe feeling a little bit heavy, felt like you had a, had a 50 pound tote sack of something on your back. I would like for you to know that the Holy Ghost would like to kick that off for you tonight. But we all with open, I'm going to read verse 18 just because I want to turn to another verse in a second. Just for fun, not too serious. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And so I wrote, I I told you this morning, I I write in my Bible a lot because, you know, I think of stuff one day and I know y'all remember everything y'all ever thought about. (laughs) But every once in a while something good will pop into my mind even, but I know I need to write it down because I won't remember it later. And so, you know, I wrote down in the margin of my Bible that we reflect what we behold and therefore I will behold the glory. We reflect what we behold. What does that mean? You know, I'm glad you asked. Thank you very much. That means what you look at all the time, it won't be long till that's what you look like. Boy, that's profound right there. You need to write that down. (laughs) I'm sorry, I slipped something in on there to make y'all think. I didn't mean to make y'all think. I'm going to say it again, though, just in case it went by you too fast. So what you look at all the time, you'll eventually look like. Because you're going to reflect what you behold. And I just believe that the glory of God is available to you to behold. Now we're going to turn to Isaiah chapter 60. And if I can't get, excuse me, if the Holy Ghost can't get you going on Isaiah chapter 60, We finish this. I got one or two more. I'm telling you, I just like to let the Bible teach and preach itself. I mean, I, I really do because, quite frankly, it can preach a whole lot better than I ever could. And look here, I didn't get an amen out of nobody. Y'all so sweet. <laughs> y'all so sweet. Isaiah chapter 60. I knew I loved y'all. Isaiah chapter 60 says, Arise and shine. Now y'all knew what y'all knew where I was going already. Arise and shine, for thy light is come. Now remember the light right there is speaking of specifically is the Christ, the Messiah. Jesus is the light of the world. All right, and uh, just for those of you that like to think ahead and think to the side, and y'all you know y'all smart and you can think about all that. I want you to think about Psalm eighteen twenty eight, where where David said, "The Lord will light my candle." I just want you to think about that. I don't want to talk about it too much. I just want to put a little seed out there for you, for you to remember. Now, the Lord will light your candle, and some of y'all need to get your candle lit. Yeah. Arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And so, uh, Kevin, I'd write Kevin in there above above that if I was you. Rhonda, I'd write Rhonda. I tell you what, if I if I didn't have that my name written in there somewhere, I'd go to I'd go to scrawling it as fast as I could. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and I want to hear a big no kidding out of somebody. No kidding, thank you, praise the Lord. No kidding. 
And gross darkness to people. It's a dark day. It is a dark day. However, and if I just left you to that, you'd leave and you'd be having that 50 pound tote sack right back on your back saying, Lord, that preacher said it's a dark day. He didn't offer no hope. I'm, I didn't come all the way here not to offer you any hope. But the Lord, you know the Lord, you heard of Him, Jesus of Nazareth, you know the one that uh, went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for the Lord was with Him, the one that had the anointing of the Holy Ghost without measure. Y'all remember Him, right? The one that hung on Golgotha's cross. Y'all remember Him, right? They put Him in a tomb, see? But on the third day, the power and the glory of God came on him and raised him up from the dead. And he remember, he's the one that overcame death, hell, and the grave on your behalf. You remember all those stripes he took on his back? Y'all remember him, right? Amen. The Lord shall arise upon you. Whoa. About to knock me down thinking about it. I said, the Lord is going to arise upon you. And you just thought you came to one more of our long church service. And I'm telling you, if it is your desire, the glory of the Lord will fall on you tonight if you desire it. I don't believe it's just a matter of the will of God. I believe it is the will of God. And the Lord shall arise Upon thee. It's another time I scrawled my name in there, Kevin. I'm telling you, I need the glory of God to fall on me. Sometimes I can't hardly finish a good week's worth of work if I don't have the glory of God moving my life. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that this is not just something I talk about on Sundays. My gospel is not just a theological argument to me. You know, that'll mean something to somebody. The Lord shall arise upon thee, and His glory shall be seen upon thee. And so a long time ago, as a matter of fact, I remember right right where I was. Now, I was living over here, but I was in a meeting in Louisiana, and we, we were over here, and I came back to Kennard, and I don't remember if y'all remember me preaching this or not, but I preached this here. I started preaching it, and I don't believe I'm ever going to quit preaching it. Now, you may not remember, but I ain't never going to forget. When the, when the Lord spoke to me and told me glory can be seen, glory can be deposited, and the glory of God can be felt. As a matter of fact, how He said it to me was, you need to begin to preach glory seen, glory felt, and glory deposits. That's exactly what he, he, he told me to do. And so I'm doing it. And so, you know, <laughs> 40 hadn't been just a whole big bunch of fun, y'all. <laughs> we'll get this right. My wife said it ain't supposed to be. I don't know. Glory, huh? She don't know yet. <laughs> She's just thinking ahead. She read that in a book somewhere. And so let me tell you, I I, I told you when I got this, when I began to study this out. And so let me just tell you uh, briefly what I have learned. Do you mind listening for just a minute about what I've learned? When it says here, and I remember we started in the New Testament to get to here, right? Okay. Glory. Just listen to this. The implications behind glory. Weightiness, 
substance. Heavy. That means when the Holy Ghost begins to move, you can start telling. You say, hmm, I feel something. I can tell there's something going on in me. There's something going on around my neighbors right now. I can tell the Holy Ghost is moving. Weighty, heavy. And that's been to break off in here good. And I hope you're listening. I hope you look just a little bit. If you're just a little bit hungry, this is going to taste real good to you. Glory. Honor. Honor. Splendor. How many of y'all still think God is splendid? How many ever regularly tell Him He's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen? Oh, Glory. I can't go just a few days. I, I, I ask, please don't let me. But I can't go just a few days telling you the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. And i got a beautiful wife and two beautiful children. And, so, and, and lots of you men do too. You have beautiful wives and beautiful children. But there's nothing wrong with looking at the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords right at His face and say, You are altogether beautiful. You are altogether lovely. You are great and greatly to be praised. You are the most magnificent thing these eyes have ever seen. There ain't nothing... Uh, unmasculine about that he is beautiful all right now i'm gonna keep going splendor power wealth authority magnificence fame dignity riches and excellency all of those nuances tied into the glory of god this lesson ain't on the glory i'm trying not to give you a lesson i'm trying to kind of build you to a place the glory of God, some of you all heard this more than once, is His visible splendor. Kevin, do you see here where it said, The Lord shall arise upon you, and His glory shall be seen upon you? And then it goes down here, and I just got through telling you that part of what the glory of God means is His honor, His splendor, His dignity. His riches, His excellency, His excellentness. You know Jesus is excellent. Some of us, maybe not so much. His visible splendor being able to be seen on your life. His visible splendor coming and landing on you. How many of you would say that in your experience, we'll talk about experience, how many of you in your experience would say that He is everything from spectacular to intimate? Amen. That's right. Everything in between. The very personal, the very intimate, the very one that can go in there and know things about you and don't nobody else know and talk to you about that and, and lead you and talk to you and, and deal with you and love you and it's real intimate. But he's also majestically spectacular. All of it available to you. Now that's pretty humbling. But it ought to be awfully encouraging. The Lord shall arise upon you. His glory shall be seen upon you. 
His glory shall be seen upon you. Now I know it's nice when the glory of God can be seen upon the person sitting to your right, the person sitting to your left. But I just believe there's somebody in the house tonight that needs His visible splendor to come and sit on your head. I don't mean that ugly. I really don't. And I don't mean to say that in a disrespectful tone. And so please don't think I'm trying to be irreverent. I'm not. I'm just trying to tell you that sometimes you've just got to let Him be. Would you just let him out of the box? You got him in for just a minute. Just a minute. Just let him out of your preconceived notions. Because you know, your preconceived notions ain't big enough to handle our God. So you might as well go on ahead and let him out of those things. I'm going to look at one more verse. Turn to Acts chapter 3. That's Acts. I read Acts this morning. I read Acts this evening. So that ought to satisfy all the Acts. Uh, Loving people. I happen to be one of them. I got two more verses, but for the sake of time, I'm not going to read all of them. Because I actually feel like this one's coming to a close here. In Acts chapter 3. Verse 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted. Is that you? You done that? Y'all qualify? If you hadn't, we'll give you time here in a minute to repent and be converted. If you need to be. That your sins may be blotted out. Well, I wish we could talk about that sins blotted out business. Because there ain't nothing better in the whole world than having your sins blotted out. Y'all remember when your sins got blotted out? Huh? <laughs> yeah, that ain't something you're likely to forget. And then it says, I want you to see that, when times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So I was in here this afternoon, and, and I was tired. I had preached. You know, sometimes it just takes a lot out of me to preach. And... uh I was in here this evening, and I just got in my heart that the Lord wanted to refresh somebody. So instead of starting with times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord, I just felt compelled to end with times of refreshing in the presence of God. You know, I told you I wasn't going to say anything profound to you tonight, and I don't really think I did. But I just want to close with this, with, with this for you. That I believe the Lord would like to refresh somebody. I believe He would like to impart something to you. And, uh, you know, we serve a supernatural God. And I believe that the supernatural is available. I believe that it is the will of God for Him to cause His visible splendor to, to just rest right upon you. I believe that it is the will of God for Him just to pour out the Holy Ghost on top of you. I believe it is the will of God for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to flow all through your life. 
I believe it's the will of God for the presence of God just to rest in your heart and in your life and change you. I believe that somebody needed to hear me this evening. It might have just been one person, and that's all right, needed to be reminded that the kingdom of God is not about your rules and regulations, but it boils down to righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy. If you can't remember the last time you had a good laugh, it might be time to loosen up a little bit. If you can't remember the last time you felt like your heart was light, I'm not going to talk about Smiley back there for long. But I looked at him this morning, and there he is. I don't, I don't, don't get embarrassed, son. But that boy sat back there and smiled and smiled and smiled and smiled. And that's when his mama told me what they called him. And I ain't never going to forget it. And I ain't never, ever, never, never, never going to forget it. He just sit there and smile and smile and smile. And I and he walked away. And I went to eat lunch. And I was still thinking about that little boy, just smiling and grinning from ear to ear. And he walked in here this evening. I looked back there, and what was he doing? He was smiling. That's exactly right. You can't help but smile. Now let me tell you something. I know that boy's mom and his daddy, and they're good people. They're solid. They were faithful to serve in the house of God. And I loved them when I pastored them. I loved them, and I appreciated them. And that boy's grandma, too. I loved them. But let me tell you something. You serve somebody that is able to slap a smile on your face that will never go away. Oh, I made a point with somebody, I hope. I said, that little old boy can walk around here grinning all the time. I wonder why a child of the king can't. I ain't never going to forget that. Kevin may never have me back here preaching, but I ain't never going to get that. I ain't never. It's, it's, you don't understand, that ministered to me. To me. Right then. I said, boy, I wish I could smile like that. Do you? I got four people said, uh-huh. The rest of y'all don't even think that's normal. What's the matter with us? What's the matter with us? What's the matter? Times of refreshing in His presence. Let's get in that present right now. Father, right now, I just thank You for Your presence in the house. Lord, I thank You for times of refreshing that come from the presence of God. I thank You, Lord, that where the, where the Lord is, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is a liberty. I thank You for joy in the Holy Ghost. And so, Lord, I just lift up my hand to worship You. I lift up my voice to magnify You. I thank You for joy in the Holy Ghost. I thank You that I can walk around with a silly grin on my face. 
I thank you that I have every reason to smile tonight because I serve a risen Savior. Hallelujah. And His glory is available to the church tonight. And I'm just so fortunate to be a member of the family of God. Hallelujah. 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 And so joy we seek and joy we find. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Times of refreshing. 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 And so let me just say, loosen up a little bit, brother. It's time to be refreshed. Lighten up a little bit, sister. It's time to be refreshed. Loosen up a little bit. Walk around with a grin for just a day or two. Walk around with a light heart. Allow Him to lift that heavy burden you've been toting around for so long. Why don't you just cast that to Him right now? Just turn that worry on over. Just go ahead and say, I can't deal with this anymore. I think it might help somebody to just say, I refuse worry in Jesus' name. And I embrace liberty. I embrace peace. I reject turmoil. I give all of that to you. And I thank you, Lord, that you set me free. Hallelujah. I'm telling you something to shout about. It's something to rejoice over. It's something to be happy about. Hallelujah. It's something to be happy about when you can walk around with a silly grin on your face and not have to explain it to anybody. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So refresh me. Refresh me. Refresh me. Mm. Flow through me. May the Holy Ghost fall on my reverent head. May the Spirit of God be poured out upon my serious life. May my expression change. If don't nobody else expression change, Lord, change my expression in Jesus' name. Mm. Let my face reflect what's going on in my life. And that is the moving and the stirring and the leading of the Holy One. Hallelujah. Let my eyes shine with the light of the Gospel. Hallelujah. 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 Man, do you believe that the light of the gospel can change your facial expression? I do. I believe that. I believe it. I believe it. I know this is really profound for some of y'all. I can't help it. I want the Holy Ghost to land on you. I want the Spirit of God to move in you and move on you and set you free. I believe the blood of Jesus, hallelujah, came, was released into the world for your freedom. I heard a preacher say a long time ago that Jesus paid too high a price for your freedom for you to stay bound. It just kind of stuck with me all these years. And so let's go out rejoicing. 